Coming up on Chasing the Natty, it's the first way too early mock draft for CFF 2022. We got a special guest here to react to it in real time. All that and more coming right after this. Looking to Jared Stearns, who makes the catch and scores. What a burst! Trey Vaughn Anderson! As advertised, touchdown, Buckeyes! This is Chasing the Natty, a college fantasy football podcast. All right, welcome in everybody. This is Jared Palmgren, host of the Chasing the Natty podcast. I hope you guys are having a wonderful, wonderful day. And y'all, I am so, so giddy because there's so much exciting stuff for you guys coming this week. If you're listening to this, it'll be coming out later this week than we normally do. That's because we got a ton of awesome announcements for you guys that I'll probably talk about on the next show. But I want you guys to see those when they come out on Twitter. You'll see them. You aren't going to miss them. And then obviously, if you haven't checked it out already, please go check out the counterpart to this video where I've made a special around this mock draft where the everybody who is involved with it recorded a short little video of themselves or recording of themselves and just talking about their teams. So please go check that out as well. But even still, welcome to Chasing Natty, y'all. Again, my name is Jared Palmgren. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. And even still, guys, we got a ton to get to today. But before we get started, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. You guys know what to do. Leave those comments down below. Guys, there's so much to talk about with this mock draft. Let us know all your thoughts. We want to hear who was too, drafted too high, who was drafted too low. Who, who are you looking at? What trends are you seeing that you find very interesting? I want to hear all of it. Please, if you don't want to put it down in the comments below, you can always just at me on Twitter. I am at CFF underscore Jared. You can DM me. You can at me all different ways to get to me and then if you're listening to this on a podcast format please make sure you're following us there whether it's apple podcast or spotify both allow for five star reviews now so please leave us those always love receiving those but even so y'all last year really chasing that he kind of blew up pretty early on in the off season because we did we made a big deal out of the first mock draft of the season and I wanted to kind of recreate that a little bit with this one. We're doing it even earlier this year. And one of the things that worked really well last year was that Xavier, uh, when we did it last year, hadn't seen the mock draft to that point. He was going in completely blind. All his reactions that we got on that show were genuine on-the-spot reactions. So... I want to do that again this year, and I brought in a great guy over from the Campus of Canton crew who is a big fan of the college side of Campus of Canton, and that is Mr. Chris Moxley. Chris, how are you doing, sir? I'm awesome. I'm excited to be here. I, I Like you said, I love the college side. Just I, I love college fantasy. It's just so fun. It is. I, again, I'm, I'm, a, I'm obviously a huge fan of it. That's why I run a show based off of it. Um, but uh, Chris, you want to tell the guys out there um, or everybody, everybody listening, like what, what kind of stuff you're working on right now? Uh, we got a lot of stuff behind the scenes, I think. Um, announcement wise, that's coming this week. We are doing some, uh, I don't give too much away, but let's just say over the next court, the course of the next 
one or two months, I think we're going to be producing a lot of new content, um, expanding to areas where we're not currently and, and really just there's some exciting stuff. So if you haven't checked out Campus to Canton, we, we have both NFL stuff. We have both college stuff. We have rankings, uh, C2C ADP, uh, a whole bunch of articles that contain, you know, tons of information about players. We have uh, a bunch of analytics guys and a bunch of cool metrics tools that we're working on as well. So yeah, it's, it, we are wanting to get more for the CFF side. So I think we got stuff coming that I, I think the, I think we'll be happy with. Absolutely, y'all. And if you haven't done so already, please go check out campuscanton.com and sign up for their accounts, y'all. It's $3 a month and it's worth every bit. It is so helpful, both on the college side and the NFL side. So please make sure you go do that. All right, let's get to the part you guys have all been waiting for. Let's go ahead and get into this mock draft. We are going to take it round by round. I got a couple notes here, but how each round is going to work is that we are going to... Uh, I'm gonna the round's gonna show up. I'm gonna run through it real quick for us for you guys who are listening. So you can, if you're watching us on YouTube, you'll be you'll be able to see it. If you're listening on podcast, I'm gonna read through it real quick. And during that time, Chris, that'll be your opportunity to kind of take it in, digest, see if you see anything that you want to talk about. So let's go ahead and get started. Let's go ahead and hit round one. In round one, first pick we had Travion Henderson, running back out of Ohio State. Second pick, we had Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Third pick, we had C.J. Stroud, quarterback out of Ohio State. Fourth pick, Deuce Vaughn, running back out of Kansas State. Fifth pick, Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama. Sixth pick, B. John Robinson, running back out of Texas. Seventh pick, Lou Nichols, running back out of Central Michigan. Eighth pick, Caleb Williams, quarterback out of, we assumed in the mock USC, because that's where all signs are pointing at, but even so, I think people will take them this high. Ninth pick, we had Sean Tucker, running back out of Syracuse. Tenth pick, Braylon Allen, running back out of Wisconsin. Eleventh pick, Keishon Butte, wide receiver out of LSU. And twelfth pick, Rasheen Ali, running back out of Marshall. So, Chris, initial thoughts, what are you thinking, sir? I'm surprised Trevion went 101. Um, but I mean, I, I don't think it's necessarily the wrong thing. I think that offense will be dynamic. They're missing two two wide receivers heading into this year. I I mean, he could be more involved in the passing game too. Um, I don't think that's crazy. I really like Deuce Vaughn. He's my RB1, I think, at, at least as of now. I think that offense will be a little bit better with uh, Martinez heading there. They might play at a quicker pace, which I think will make a big difference for him. So I like getting him at 104. Mm-hmm. And... You know, those are those. I really like those two picks early. I like Sean Tucker as well. I think that he's a sneaky, maybe not sneaky, but I think he is a pretty good shot at like the RB one season. With uh, they're adding Robert on a the Virginia uh, OC, and mm-hmm. I think that he's really gonna make that offense hum a little bit better. And we already saw Sean Tucker be the focal point, so if it can just be a little bit more efficient, I think that could be a really interesting pick. The one that I I maybe I don't question it. But that like, maybe gives me some pause is Lou Nichols at 107. I actually, I love Lou Nichols. I'm not really worried about it, but you know, Kobe Lewis is, I think coming back next year Mm -hmm. and I don't expect him to have like almost 400 touches again. That just, (laughs) there's, there's some risk there. I I think with Nichols. Yeah, I definitely think it's very interesting. And I'll be honest, it's it's interesting because I wrote down for each round, like who I thought was like the biggest 
region, who I thought was the best value each round. And I had the biggest reach for me was was Sean Tucker, uh, because interesting. So again, I love Sean Tucker. I think he's a I think he's an excellent talent. I think he is a just a great human being. I love seeing his tweets every single week. Um, but the thing is about that OC coming over from Virginia. Virginia never really used their running backs in that offense, at least not in a traditional manner. Uh, Wayne Tawalupa, I think it was his last name. I can't remember what it was. Like He was supposed to be the main back of Virginia, but he was never really the guy that got that offense humming along. It was always like Keon Thompson, Dontavian Wicks, guys like that. So I'm a little concerned about what Sean Tucker's role in that offense could look like in the future. Now, granted, Tucker's a great receiving back, so I, I assume they are definitely going to find some value for him there the other thing i mean obviously the other note i really had here is just a trio of ohio state players coming off the board first i don't think i've ever seen in cff where the first three picks all come from the exact same team typically you're looking at a team and being like all right one of these guys is really gonna pop and then the other guys will kind of grab later it's insane to me that like all three of these guys are perfectly reasonable to have as the top three picks going forward. And then the other thing, I think Ali and Braylon Allen are two good running backs you can grab at the end of this round. Like typically, I did. I usually don't like getting the tail end of the first round, like in, uh, for my pick, which I did this year. Uh, but Braylon Allen and Rasheen Ali, if those two are going to end up in the the back half of the first round constantly, I think that's a great great start for people back there. Yeah, I like, I mean, I love Rasheen Ali. The, the one question that I have, and we were talking pre-show about this, I'm, I'm working on some expected touchdown regression and he overperformed in terms of, uh, you know, yards to touchdown ratio and kind of like what you expect mm-hmm. by almost, over 10 touchdowns. So it's coming down this year. I just don't know how much. And that, it might not be huge where you still get in an RB. He's probably gonna be top five RB. Does he have the same ceiling week to week? I don't mm-hmm. know. No, I think that's absolutely fair. And I'll ask you one more question before we move on to round one, Chris. Caleb Williams, one of the three quarterbacks taken in this first round. I mean, obviously, just being a first-round qu- quarterback in CFF is obviously, like, a huge thing. Do you think he stays in the first round if he doesn't go to USC? Um, I think, it. you know, the, the assumption is he goes there if he doesn't and he ends up like Ole Miss, I think he'll probably still go round one. Oh yeah, definitely. But if he goes anywhere else, I'm, I'm not sure. Even if he returns to Oklahoma, which that's probably out of the cards now that they brought in Gabriel, but it's going to be a tough sell. if He goes anywhere else for me, at least. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair. All right, let's go ahead and move on to round two. Uh, for those of you listening on the pod, let me run through this real quick. The first pick in the second round, Malik Cunningham quarterback out of Louisville goes off the board. Second pick, Tavion Thomas, running back out of Utah, goes off the board. Third pick, Jordan Addison, wide receiver out of Pitt, off the board. Fourth pick, Jameer Gibbs, running back out of Alabama, off the board. Fifth pick, Alton McCaskill, running back out of Houston, off the board. Sixth pick, Xavier Worthy, wide receiver out of Texas, off the board. Seventh pick, Josh Downs, wide receiver out of UNC, off the board. Eighth pick, Devin A-Chain, running back out of Texas A&M, off the board. Ninth pick, Sam Hartman, quarterback out of Wake Forest. 10th pick, Dwayne McBride, running back out of UAB. 11th pick, A.T. Perry, wide receiver out of Wake Forest. And the 12th pick, Will Shipley, running back out of Clemson. Chris, what are you thinking, sir? Um, I think my 
favorite pick this round is A.T. Perry. Of I, I love I love A.T. Perry, like 32% weighted dominator last season, 2.49 yards per team pass attempt. It's just super efficient and dominant in that offense. Losing Jakari Roberson, um, you know, I think he's an outside chance to be the wide receiver one. So I, I really like that pick as well. I am interested to see how the A-chain pick goes. I think that's a little early for my liking. I worry about what the split is going to be there because I don't think he has feature back size. I think he's like a one, a probably one B guy. I think LJ Johnson's probably going to be the, the a there I'm, I'm guessing hmm. with Spiller moving on. So it's a little early for Achain, even though I do, I do think he's quite good. I don't hmm. know if he has the same touch ceiling that a McCaskill, Tavion Thomas, Dwayne McBride has, because those are all, feature backs in their offense. I, and I quite the same question about Jameer Gibbs a little bit, like what his usage is going to be. But at the end of the day, it might not even matter because that offense is so good. I think it was Nate Marquise who put out a tweet a couple months ago about the receiving usage for Alabama running backs. And usually that number one running back out in the Alabama system the last couple of years usually gets 50 plus touches through the air. And Jameer Gibbs, I think we can all agree, is one of the best pass, pass catching running backs in the country, if not one of the best in the last decade. So I cannot wait to see how they use him there. The name that kind of really stuck out to me as a reach, I agree with you though, A.T. Perry, probably the best value here. Like getting him at the end of the 11th round here behind guys like Xavier Worthy, Josh Downs, who I love, don't get me wrong. But to me, A.T. Perry is in that top tier of wide receivers. And I think it goes a little bit above guys like the Xavier Worthy and Josh Downs. Um, but the guy that sticks out to me as a reach here in this round was... Running back, Alton McCaskill. And I do like Alton McCaskill quite a bit. I just don't... I'm not quite ready to say that he is going to be a top 12 running back. I believe he was taken as one in this draft. Yeah, he was taken as the RB10. I don't see that upside quite there. Although I do expect Houston to be a great team, if not possibly the best group of five team this year. Um... I don't know. Just seems like it was taken a little, little bit too early uh, for my liking. I feel like he would have still been there in a round or two. What do you think, Chris? I probably agree with that. I, I think he, I think you could probably get him around later. That that's a good point. Um, I think he has top twelve upside. I, I he was really efficient with his touches, mm-hmm. and he was definitely using the passing game. And I think he's probably gonna. I mean, I, I like him to see like two hundred fifty like 300 touches this year which is like a 50 to 60 touch increase mm-hmm. so i don't think it's crazy but i do think you could get him later so i i value wise i'm not quite sure i'm i'm here for that but no it's just an, it's just an interesting um dilemma because i i do think he's a very talented player um mm. and and we sa- same conversation that we're having about rasheen ali the only person that overperformed in touchdowns higher than he did tavion thomas out of utah so mm-hmm. We, again, when we were talking about this pre-show, that's an offense you don't expect to hit explosive plays. Mm-hmm. So maybe that maybe that doesn't matter, but it's in the back of my head when I'm thinking about guys like Ali, guys like Tavion Thomas, just how how much can they replicate what they did last season? No, I think that's absolutely fair. And it's, it's always something you should be a little skeptical of whenever you see these guys just have obscene amounts of touchdowns. Like, can they, can they do that again? And then you have to kind of go to the offense that they're running in. Was it kind of just lucky for the most part? Because, like, um, example that comes off the top of my head and everything is 
You had like Isaiah Bowser going up against Bethune Cookman last year, scored four touchdowns, but he only ran for 59 yards. So it's like, are you are you going to expect him to score a touchdown every 10 or 10 to 15 yards that he runs? Hell no. Um, so even so, I think that pretty much covers my notes for round two. I guess the only other thing, no, I yeah, pretty much that covers it for round two. You got any more thoughts, Chris, before we move on to round three? I am a little worried about Malik Cunningham. I don't. That, that's what I was going to bring up. Yeah, his his rushing touch, like he had a ton of rushing yards. He had over a thousand yards, but he had twenty touchdowns, like mm-hmm. as a quarterback. That's really hard to replicate. Like, and he's not that great of a passer. He threw for under twenty touchdowns. I do think, like, I really like him. I do. Losing Jordan Watkins, I think, in that offense is probably going to hurt the passing game, though. I just don't see, like, he had multiple, like, three touchdown games last year, like, four touchdown games. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I see the same upside, but he, he, the upside's obviously there. Yeah. So I don't hate, I don't hate the pick in round two. I just, I would say probably better value in best ball. Yes. I, I would say so. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to round three. And starting off in round three, first pick goes to Will Rogers, quarterback out of Mississippi State. Second pick, Zach Charbonnet, running back out of UCLA. Third pick, Nathaniel Dell, wide receiver out of Houston. Uh, fourth pick, Tank Bigsby, running back out of Auburn. Fifth pick, Dontavian Wicks, wide receiver out of Virginia. Sixth pick, Hendon Hooker, quarterback out of Tennessee. Seventh pick, Cedric Tillman, wide receiver out of Tennessee. Eighth pick, Mitchell Tinsley, wide receiver out of Penn State. Ninth pick, Parker Washington, wide receiver out of Penn State. Tenth pick, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, quarterback out of UCLA. Eleventh pick, Muhammad Ibrahim, running back out of Minnesota. And the twelfth pick, Quentin Johnston, wide receiver out of TCU. So, Chris, a lot of wide receivers coming off in this round. What are your thoughts? Dontavian Wicks scares the crap out of me. Uh, <laughs> I just, I'm really, I don't know what to think of that Virginia team right now. They're kind of in disarray. They had a ton of people leave the transfer portal. They brand new offensive staff after Mendenhall left. Like we mentioned their OCs off to Syracuse. Mm-hmm. So I have a couple questions about that. I don't think I would take either Penn state wide receiver this round, or maybe not even round four. I have no idea how that target share is going to break down. And I have no idea if that offense could be good enough to support a top 15 wide receiver this year. Mm-hmm. And I, maybe that's part of the assumption that Clifford's going to get replaced halfway through, which I think is possible. I mean, everybody, everybody loves that the situation that they're walking into. It's just, those are too early for me. And I think Ibrahim's a risk too. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what his recovery is going to look like. I don't know if he's going to re- retain the 350 touch ceiling that he has. You know, we saw Marky serving, um, look good. We saw Kai Thomas look good. Like all the backs there look pretty good. Mm-hmm. So maybe they can rotate more behind him. I don't know. My favorite pick though, bar none, is Hennon Hooker. I think Hennon Hooker is a great value here. I love his ceiling. I think I would rather have him at 306 than Malik Cunningham at 201. I honestly would agree with you. And that's one of the things I wrote down here. Both Tennessee players, in my opinion, are great values here because Cedric Tillman clearly is the speed burner for Hooker to go deep to. He's going to. Uh, get at least a couple of deep targets every single game. I love getting him here. A couple points on some of the players he's touched on. Talking about those Penn State wide receivers, I agree with you. That is definitely kind of an interesting dynamic that happens here. Mitchell Tinsley going off first of the two 
uh, transferring in from Western Kentucky, I think is also interesting. And I think the assumption there is that Parker Washington will stay in the slot role at Penn State and that Mitchell Tinsley might become that X receiver that Jahan Dotson was last year. And if that is true and he is getting those target shares, you do have a top six wide receiver because Jahan Dotson was the wide receiver five last year. Even with Clifford at QB, even without Clifford at QB, with even worse guys behind Clifford, Jahan Dotson killed it last year. So I don't think it's crazy to think that a Penn State wide receiver could end up being top five because we saw it last year. Um, But you're right in that because there's so much uncertainty about which guy that's going to be, whether that's Parker Washington, who's been there, developed the chemistry with Sean Clifford, or if it's going to be the new guy, Mitchell Tinsley, out there on at the out wide, I think both of these guys would probably wait a little bit longer until we see whether or not even Mitchell Tinsley's even starting. Like, let's be real. We don't even know that yet. Parker Washington, I think it's safe to say he's starting. But Mitchell Tinsley, he's a new guy. We don't know yet. Um, trying to think... Anything else here? Oh, um, you also mentioned Muhammad Ibrahim. I'll admit, I'm the one who took Muhammad Ibrahim here, and here's why. I would agree with your points if Muhammad Ibrahim was still a guy going in the first round. We're at the tail end of the third round here, and if you have the upside that Muhammad Ibrahim was looking to get to immediately last year, I think that's insane value here at the end of the third round. It's a risk I'm willing to take when I already have a guy like maybe like a especially if he's going to stay as an rb2 like a guy that's going to be taken as a second running back off the board for your team grab a really safe guy as your first one and then hit muhammad ibrahim as your second running back and you could have an absolutely dynamite running back starting running back crew for your team going forward i actually think that he has like top five upside still Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's like in his likely range of outcomes, but that's, that's a good point. I mean, you're not taking him like where he'd been going for the last couple of years. So you're getting value there. I actually, and I, I didn't touch on this first, but I think I'd rather have him here than tank Bigsby in the same Mm -hmm. round. I think like Jarquez Hunter is involved there. And Mm -hmm. like, and he was involved as a freshman. I think his role is just going to either the same or grow. I don't really like what Harson is doing in at Auburn. It's like, I don't really want to invest in that team. And I don't know who, like, I don't know the quarterback situation next year. Mm-hmm. Like as, as much as we knocked Bo Nix, like I don't think that offense is going to be as good. So I don't know if he has like a top 12 ceiling this year. Like there's a lot of questions around tank Bigsby. No, I think, I think that's absolutely fair. And the other name I'd say here was probably a little bit of a reach for me. is going to be Mr. Dorian Thompson Robinson quarterback out of UCLA. I think it's just too early for him. I understand there's a rushing upside with him. You love those rushing quarterbacks in CFF, but even still last year, he ended as the quarterback. Let's see. He ended as the quarter. He he finished as a quarterback 19, but it wasn't a very great road to get there for him. And in addition, he's losing a lot of his top targets. Um, Dolchich off to the NFL. Um, why am I forgetting? Kyle Phillips, off to the NFL, if I remember correctly. Um, Coda, yep. he's off to, or Kosa, he's off to the transfer portal. Now he gets Jake Bobo from Duke, who I like, um, but even still, I think it's a little rich to be spending him here, especially if this is going to be your QB1. I don't think that that was necessarily the move there. Uh, but even still, or Chris, you got any more thoughts before we move on? 
Uh, so I was thinking about, as you were talking about the Penn state guys, I don't know. And maybe this is a surprise later, but I actually think I would prefer straight up uh, country Lambert Smith than Mitchell Tinsley. Like Lambert Smith has an outside role in operating as a wide receiver three last year. Hmm. I don't know if he gets drafted later, how much later, but he's definitely the guy I'm targeting. If those two are going rounds three and four, I would definitely write that name down. Uh, round four. Let's go ahead and move on there. First pick of round four, Brock Bowers, tight end out of Georgia. Second pick, Dylan Gabriel, quarterback out of Oklahoma. Third pick, Zach Evans, running back out of Ole Miss. Fourth pick, Rakeem Jarrett, wide receiver out of Maryland. Fifth pick, Quinn Ewers, quarterback out of Texas. Sixth pick, Grayson McCall, quarterback out of Coastal Carolina. Seventh pick, Chris Rodriguez, running back out of Kentucky. Eighth pick, Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver out of Ohio State. Ninth pick, Jalen McMillan, wide receiver out of Washington. Tenth pick, Milton Wright, wide receiver out of Purdue. Eleventh pick, Michael Meyer, tight end out of Notre Dame. And the twelfth pick, Joquavius Marks, running back out of Mississippi State. Chris, what are your thoughts, sir? Um, Since I don't know who's making these picks... I feel less bad criticizing them was one thought that I've had as we're going, we're going through this. The second thought is I would not take Duquavius marks anywhere near round four. I agree. Dylan Johnson was like operated as the RB one in like quite a few games last year. Like, I don't know that marks is going to be the guy who holds like the potential for 60 catches anymore. Like Dylan Johnson was really involved. And so that scared, that scares the crap out of me. Uh, But um, I like Chris Rodriguez here. I think he's a really good value. I think he's going to maintain a big role in that offense. Um, I'm not sure. Like, I really like Quinn Ewers. I think everybody really likes Quinn Ewers, but I'm not sure I'm ready to take Grayson McCall, but him over Grayson McCall. Like, I think he's good. I think McCall's going to have to do a lot this year, losing Isaiah likely. And, and so I think that he's a lot more rushing upside this year than maybe he did last year. I don't know. I, I just, Quinn scares me. Rakeem Jarrett scares me too. Like we've never, even when Dante Demas went down last year, mm-hmm. like I, Rakeem Jarrett was not heavily in, involved. And so I have questions about like what his role is in the offense. And does he have a huge ceiling? Um, but we're getting like, it thins out really quick. Like this is a great example of a lot of the guys here. You're just throwing darts really. Mm-hmm. And, and hoping that it sticks. I do think Brock Bauer, I, I do like Brock Bowers and I do like Michael Mayer in this round though. I'm like a, I'm someone who takes tight ends early. So I'm here for that. I think Bowers is going to be good again. I think Mayor's going to be great again. So here for both those picks. I'm I'm oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to hit as many of these guys that you talked about. I agree with you 100 on Joe Quavius Marks. Dude finished as like the quote unquote starter for Mississippi State last year as the RB 14. He was taken as R or RB 45 last year. He was taken as the RB 14 here. Uh uh-uh, uh, not doing it. I I'm I'm staying away from that. That's where he's going all year. I will own zero Joe Quavius Marks's. Other guys that you kind of mentioned here. I do like Chris Rodriguez here. Grayson McCall, you, you said you don't know if you're ready to take Quinn Ewers at Texas over Grayson McCall at Coastal Carolina. I am 100%. Reason why, Grayson McCall last year with a easy, easy peasy schedule finish with all of his weapons and likely in Haley um, in with uh, Shamari Jones finish as the quarterback 35. And if I remember correctly, he was being drafted at the quarterback. He was being drafted as the quarterback 11. I think we're making the same mistake again this year. 
I think everybody's anticipating a greater rushing upside than he's going to be giving us. Meanwhile, Quinn Ewers, if I'm going to take a shot on a guy's upside, let me get one of the best quarterback prospects coming out of high school in the last decade, and let me get him in a Sarkeesian offense where he's throwing to guys like Xavier Worthy, Bijan Robinson, Jaleel Billingsley now, and Isaiah Nayor. Give me that over Grayson McCall, who even in a very easy schedule last year, couldn't finish above quarterback 35. Um, I have to defend Grayson McCall here. I I have to defend him. So he he missed three games, I believe. So he was the quarter in points per game. He was the quarterback 16. I'll give give you that. So he's quarterback 16 in, in points per game. And then he also got injured in like the very beginning of a game. So really it's like kind of like 10 games that he played. So I'm not ready to totally dismiss him. And what do you know what quarterback he's going in this draft? Uh, quarterback, quarterback he, in, in this draft, he went as the quarterback. Uh, he went as a quarterback 11. Literally the exact same yeah. position he was in last year. Yeah, I, that that's fair. I do like the argument for, for Quinn, though. Like, the weapons are there. The weapons are there. The system is there. He The, the talent is there. I, I Honestly, I was surprised he lasted this long. Like it, I, there's a lot of guys in this who are drafting in this draft that love upside. I was just surprised he didn't get taken. I'm also with you on Raheem Jarrett. I don't think he. Uh, I honestly think Dante Demas is going to be the better value there. Because uh, once he gets back from injury, I think he's still going to be the number one guy. And then you already touched on Brock Bowers and Michael Meyer. Uh, obviously, the two first tight ends going off the board here. The thing about me, if you've listened to me for a long time, I'm usually one to wait on tight ends. I can't do it this year, y'all. I will, I will, if, if this is where Brock Bowers and Michael Meyer are going to be going, I will probably be reaching up in that fourth round for one of these two tight ends. If they start moving into the third round, I'll probably get a little bit more queasy about it, but there's a massive, massive drop off after these two, in my opinion, in terms of just known production. Uh, obviously, it's not like these two are going to be the obvious top two by the end of the year. There could be guys that pop up and everything. But these two are by far the safest bets, and there's a massive drop-off afterwards. So I'm honestly willing to take it uh, up there. I'll ask you about one more player here, um, Chris, and that's Mr. Dylan Gabriel, quarterback at Oklahoma. Assuming Jackson Dart doesn't transfer to Oklahoma, and Dylan Gabriel is the guy at Oklahoma, is he a value here in the fourth round as the quarterback behind a Jeff Levy offense? I don't know. I don't know who the weapons are. There's a lot of questions about who's who's catching passes this year. I think it's going to be Mario Williams and, and Theo Weiss. Like, I think. I think you mean Marvin Mims. Mario Williams. Marvin Ga- U- yes, USC. Marvin Mims. Marvin Mims and um, Theo Weiss. And, and Theo Weiss. And, and, I mean, that's a fine duo, but I don't know. Like, I I just have questions. Like, I think I'd rather have McCall and Ewers over, over him, too. Like, it's a there's a lot of change happening there. And, and so I don't know what the offense is going to look like at the beginning of the season. And no, I think it's fair. I want to have him at the beginning of the season <laughs> scoring me points. No, I think that's absolutely fair. Um, anything else I want to talk about this round? Anything else you want to talk about, Chris, before we move on to um, round five? I'm just going to, I don't know if Colin is in this draft, but if he is, he, I'm guessing he took Jalen McMillan. Uh, you are wrong actually. Oh, wow. I, I look at, look at me. Um, <laughs> I don't really like McMillan in the fourth. I, there's way too much projection happening there, and I don't they, like the quarterback situation at Washington. Yeah, I would say there, there very much is projection because it's now the DeBoer offense, uh, so you're looking for the guy that's probably going to benefit the most out of that, and I think we can all agree McMillan's probably the most talented wide receiver there at Washington. 
but I agree with you. A little too rich for me here in the fourth round. All right, let's hit up round five. First pick in round five, we got Dante Cephas, wide receiver out of Kent State. Number two, we got Jalen Cropper, wide receiver out of Fresno State. Number three, we got Keaton Mitchell, running back out of East Carolina. Fourth pick, we had Dante Wright, wide receiver out of Colorado State. Fifth pick, Corey Rucker, wide receiver out of Arkansas State. Sixth pick, Ja'Cory Brooks, wide receiver out of Alabama. Seventh pick, Jordan Mims, running back out of Fresno State. Eighth pick, Blake Corum, running back out of Michigan. Ninth pick, Brennan Armstrong, quarterback out of Virginia. Tenth pick, Jaden Reed, wide receiver out of Michigan State. Eleventh pick, Gary Bryant Jr., wide receiver out of USC. And the twelfth pick, Chris Smith, running back out of Louisiana. Chris, what are your thoughts, sir? I like both Fresno guys going this round. I think Cropper's a great value here in the fifth. Um, I think it's huge, huge potential again this year. I, I really like that. Uh, I also really like Jordan Mims. He's going to operate as the RB1, and that offense is, you know, I don't, I don't know what it's going to look like this season necessarily, but I do think it's going to be pretty good. And I do think they want to feature an RB1 if they can. There's nobody else really behind him. Maybe Jordan Hornbeek, who they brought in last year. But mm-hmm. I mean, when it was the Jordan Mims show when Ronnie Rivers wasn't playing. So I don't, I don't mind that, even if the offense is going to be different. Um, I understand why Corey Rucker is being taken here, but I think that I'd rather have the other two Arkansas state wide receivers um, over him, especially in the fifth. Cause Rucker really didn't operate as the one, I think as much as people want to think he did. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Foreman was, was really heavily involved. And, and so I don't know what his role is. Um, I think Keaton Mitchell's a nice pick. I think that he's probably going to be more involved this year. So I, I don't mind that one. Dante Wright, I don't, I, I don't know how I feel about him. I don't know what that offense is going to really look like. I, I mean, I know the offense is going to look like, I don't know who's going to be throwing him passes. I'm guessing that it's going to prop like they didn't bring Clay, in Clay Millen. Probably. Yeah, that's who I'm guessing, but I, we haven't seen Clay Millen play. Mm-hmm. So like, do we know that he's any good, good, good enough to support some like Dante, Wright? I just, I'm just not sure. So I have questions a little bit, a couple questions about him. I um, also really like Jaden Reed here too. I think that's good value for him. So a couple of guys, uh, you agree with me 100% on my steal here and my reach here. Uh, steal to me is Jordan Mims uh, running back at a Fresno State. I'm shocked he lasted into the fifth round here. I was like, I was going to take him here, but he was taken before I got, he got to me. Um, during the time when Jordan Mims was the starter for Fresno State last year, averaged 27 carries. In a game, 1.7 touchdowns rushing, 0.7 touchdowns receiving, averaged 161 yards rushing per game, and only and even still only had one run longer than 40 yards. So that means that this isn't like he's getting these numbers from like a a couple of one-off break-off runs. No, he's getting this from just consistent production every time he touches the ball. I love. Jordan Mims here in the fifth round. If that's where he's going to be going all year long, if again, I'll be owning a lot of him if this is how late he is going. And then I agree with you. My reach here is Corey Rucker. I agree with you. He is not the quote unquote full clear wide receiver one this year. He was drafted in this draft as the wide receiver 20. He finished last year as a wide receiver 42. I don't see anything that happened in that. Uh, in Arkansas State that's going to lead me to believe that that situation is going to be better for him 
Next year, in fact, I think it might be worse because James Blackman is going to be the definitive starter for them because Lane Hatcher is now out. Uh, I think people are still believing that this is the Blake Anderson, Arkansas State wide receivers of the past. I don't think uh, if Corey Rucker's going this high in the future, I don't want any part of him. I'll ask you about the one quarterback taken in this round, and that is Mr. Brennan Armstrong, quarterback out of Virginia. You've already mentioned that you are a little squeamish about the Virginia offense this year, but Brennan Armstrong, if they are able to replicate maybe like 70% of what he was able to do last year, isn't he still a great value here in the fifth round, or am I crazy? I, I think so. I think he was really solid when he played two years ago, like you, you saw flashes of how good I think he could be. And then he kind of put it together last year, but I mean, we know the upside is, is there and it could be there weekly. Like he has huge ceiling performances, even two years ago, like not just looking at last year. And I mean, was it the same offense? Yes, but it's not all built off of like a one insane year mm-hmm. is my perspective. So yeah, I, I, really don't mind him here yeah i think I, I think that's fair and i'll ask you about one more player gary bryant jr wide receiver out of usc kind of took over in that role after drake london went down with injury last year and really kind of looked like the, maybe the next guy up there at usc um but do you think it's a little bit risky to take him here in the fifth round with the new coaching staff there what do you think chris yeah i i think so I, he is the slot guy, and I don't see that role being replaced per se. Mm-hmm. Like I think he's probably going to operate in the slot. Uh, Mario Williams will operate on the outside, like he did at uh, Oklahoma last year. Um, I have a question about the target, how the target share is going to break down. We we don't know, and so it's a li- it's just too early for me. And I, it's really taking a shot on upside. So I understand why he's being taken here. I just don't necessarily know if it's going to be justified. No. at the end of the day so that's I, I that's think, really the question i have i think that's fair anybody else you want to touch on before we move on to round six um i think jacory brooks is pretty good value hmm. one of one of the bama wide receivers is going to be at least a top 15 option i think oh, yeah so take take your shot speaking of which I, you'll find you'll find another one here in this next round six round first player off the board in the sixth round we got rashi rice wide receiver out of smu Second pick, JoJo Earl, wide receiver out of Alabama. Third pick, Jacob Cowling, wide receiver out of Arizona. Fourth pick, your boy, Chris, Jaheim Bell, tight end out of South Carolina. Fifth pick, Trayvon Rudolph, wide receiver out of Northern Illinois. Sixth pick, Isaiah Bowser, running back out of UCF. Seventh pick, Ali Jennings, wide receiver out of Old Dominion. Eighth pick, Zay Flowers, wide receiver out of Boston College. Ninth pick, Braden Bennett, running back out of Coastal Carolina. Tenth pick, Jackson Dart, quarterback, assuming he goes to Ole Miss. Eleventh pick, quarterback out of Miami, Tyler Van Dyke. And the twelfth pick, Isaiah Nayor, wide receiver out of Texas. Chris, what do you think, sir? I I like we were saying two minutes ago, Alabama. Like, yeah, I take a shot. So one of them is going to outperform their ADP, so I'm here. Absolutely here for that. I like the Rishi Rice pick too. I think that he could be involved. Um, I'm not sure I would have taken him over Dylan Goffney, maybe. But I I think he and Goffney are both probably going to be good values. Um, 
I love Jaheen Bell personally. Like he's one of my favorites. Um, you know, I've been, I've been tattling him all year. I think he's an incredibly explosive tight end, but they did bring in Austin Stogner. So I don't know what his role is going to be. And they, they also, um, I mean, they've added a lot of pieces like that offense was to me was kind of like Josh fan. And that's it mm-hmm. for a while. And then Jaheim Bell caught steam. Now they actually have weapons. And so I don't know what Jaheim Bell's role is going to be taking him as tight end three is that's a hot take. And mm. like, I love Jaheim Bell. So I'm not sure I would take him here. I love Trayvon Rudolph here. I think it's a great value too. Um, he's definitely going to be operating as a wide receiver one there. Um, I think Tyler Van Dyke ended up being a good value. I, they don't have an offensive coordinator in place yet, mm-hmm. but I still like him. Like he was, he was awesome mm-hmm. to end the year. Like he has huge upside. I don't know. I don't think I would take Jackson Dart over him personally. But even if it, if Dart was like the official guy at Ole Miss, you think? I still think I would prefer Van Dyke. Oh, fair. I think like, it's fair. Dart wasn't as good as people think he was. Like, there's a big misconception about how good Jackson Dart was last year to like how he's how he's valued, and I, mm. I, I they don't really match up in my opinion. And so yeah. I still think I'm. I, I mean, you could take Van Dyke around earlier, and I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it. I think that he has. I think he's going to be the best quarterback in the ACC, and like. I think he has a pretty good schedule. I, I think that's absolutely fair. And to me, like one of the notes I kind of wrote down here was to me, this is like, there's like a tear break in the quarterbacks after this point. Like even with Jackson Dar, if you believe in the upside after this point, I think there's a little bit of a tear break, but if you can get like a guy who has QB one upside, like Tyler Van Dyke here at the end of the sixth round, I think that's great, great stuff right there. Um, but the steal to me in this round with Mr. Isaiah Bowser running back out of UCF. Uh, Gus Malzahn, we've seen in the past, once he has his lead back, he likes to run them into the ground as much as possible. And I think people are kind of backing off of Bowser because he didn't have a great, great year last year. But here's the thing. He was hurt like the entire year. And even when he was playing in the back half of the season, he still was 100%. But when you saw him be 100%, the guy was getting 30-plus carries. Game one, 33 carries, 172 yards, and a touchdown. In the bowl game, when he has some time to finally heal back up, 33, 35 carries, 135 yards, and two touchdowns. I think getting Isaiah Bowser, a healthy Isaiah Bowser, in the sixth round here would be absolutely insane. Now, my reach in this round is there at the tail end, and that is Mr. Isaiah Nayor, wide receiver out of Texas. I'll admit, when he was taken, it was still believed he was going to Tennessee. But even if he was at Tennessee, I don't I don't think it's worth picking him up here. He was taken as the wide receiver 30 in this draft. There are very few teams that are really capable of just guaranteeing that there will be at least two guys in the top 50 wide receivers, let alone top 30, and I don't think Tennessee or Texas have earned that right for us to believe that quite yet. I think Nayar was a big reach here. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. He like he was really good last year at Wyoming. He only had like 40 catches, though. Mm-hmm. Like it's a step up in competition to to play in the Big 12 versus uh, I guess Wyoming's in the Mountain West, right? Yes. But um yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't love it. Even if he was going to Tennessee, I'm with you. Like Cedric Tillman's the alpha there. And I don't, mm-hmm. he's good. He's going to be a situational deep threat, which is an extremely valuable piece of a college offense. 
but I'm not sure that's really like a fantasy, like a huge guy I want to be investing in from a fantasy perspective. So it sounds like to me, you think he would be a great best ball edition, like a later yes. round best ball edition. Absolutely. All righty. Any more thoughts on round six before we move on to round seven? Um, Allie Jennings is an interesting pick and I don't hate it. I think he's going to be pretty involved. So I, I kind of like that one. All right, moving on to round seven. Oh boy, lots of quarterbacks in this one. All right, we got first pick, Jake Heiner, quarterback out of Fresno State. Second pick, Ulysses Bentley, the fourth running back out of SMU. Third pick, Puka Nasua, wide receiver out of BYU. Fourth pick, Adrian Martinez, quarterback out of Kansas State. Fifth pick, Tanner Mordecai, quarterback out of SMU. Sixth pick, KJ Jefferson, quarterback out of Arkansas. Seventh pick, Aiden O'Connell, quarterback out of Purdue. Eighth pick, Tyrese Chambers, wide receiver out of FIU. Ninth pick, Zachary Franklin, wide receiver out of UTSA. Tenth pick, Zavian Valade, running back out of Arizona State. Eleventh pick, Cameron Ward, quarterback out of Washington State. And twelfth pick, Garrett Schrader, quarterback out of Syracuse. Chris, what are your thoughts, sir? I I really like Ulysses Bentley. I think he's a, like I've been comping him to like a a G five Deuce Vaughn. So I think, I think they're kind of like similar the way they're used, but I, like Trey Siggers is pretty involved there. Mm-hmm. And so like, I don't know if the touch ceiling is there for him at like on a weekly basis, like Sears had like 150 touches and I don't, I don't know if I want to be taking him there. Um, I do really like Mordecai here. I don't think there's going to be a big drop off, even, even with the guys leaving for the NFL. Like I still, like we saw Rashid Rice go last round. I still like Dylan Goffney. Like those are two good wide receivers. And mm-hmm. so I, I think he's a good value. I think O'Connell was really good this year. They're, they're going to be missing David Bell, but he was still really great. Even when David Bell was ha- like hampered. Um, I think my, the bottom two quarterbacks too are really interesting. Cameron Ward, I think is huge upside. I think the, the receivers in Washington state, like they're losing, I think the top two, but they they're are. getting, they're getting, yeah, they're getting back to Sean Stribling mm-hmm. who, I think is a really talented player. And, and so I think that there's upside with Ward and I love Garrett Schrader. Like I, I think he could, I mean, Brandon Armstrong is a better player than him, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were used as like very similarly. And that's a huge role in the, on a offense. Like I think that that hiring was gigantic for Schrader and Sean Tucker, both. Like I think they're going to be, I think it's going to be a good and fun offense this year. So I like, I like a lot of the quarterbacks that went this round. I like, think this is a good round to, like, this is a good area to wait on quarterback because all these guys have QB1 upside, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I, I agree with you with a lot of these guys, uh, like Tanner Mordecai, Aiden O'Connell, Ward, Schrader, all those guys I love, and I love getting them as QB2s because you don't have to rely on them to like carry your team going forward. And like O'Connell, dude was a top 24 QB in five of the last seven weeks of the season. Like, that, like yeah, he may not have, like, he may not be able to get you into that, like, 40 point game probably because he does just doesn't have the rushing upside to get you there but even so that is valuable to have a guy that you just know he's going to get me 25 to 27 points every single week um cameron ward i took cameron ward because again i really like the idea of them bringing that offense to life at washington state in the pac-12 where the defenses just aren't like expected to be able to keep up with that kind of offense so i like the upside there I'm with you also with Garrett Schrader and that the higher uh, bringing over the OC from Virginia Tech. The only pause I might have is that Schrader's really an awful passer. Yeah, um, he is. And like Brennan Armstrong had like a level of competence to his passing game 
to where that made that offense successful. And I'm a little worried that Schrader might not even have that. Um, but even still, I trust the OC there in order to use his abilities. The reaches I have in this round to me are both of the running backs taken here. Uh, Ulysses Bentley, you already touched on him with Trey Siggers. If he's not able to shake off Trey Siggers, who, let's be honest, isn't that great of a running back, um, or like the, or shouldn't be pushing a guy like Ulysses Bentley as much as we've hyped up Ulysses Bentley the last couple of years, I think I would wait longer on Bentley here. And the other one is Valaday. I think a lot of people are giving up way too early on uh, Daniel Ngata. I think that people's last impression of him was the bowl game but let's remember it was a bowl game against wisconsin y'all the second best rushing defense in the country only behind georgia all right like that's 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 a tough defense to run against and i think a lot of people's lasting memory is him just not having a great game there and people's lasting memory of validate is like oh he was so rb1 at wyoming oh no he wasn't though because he was losing his job week by week to titus swen I think people are overvalued, or I think people are jumping on Validate a little too early right now. Now, if we start getting news, like in the spring games and stuff like that, Validate is clearly that guy. I think he will be a value going forward, but I think it's too early to be picking him this early. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't touch, I don't think either Arizona State running back unless I can get Nagata like way later. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how it's going to, sh- I think it's going to be like probably a split. I like Nagata. Like, I think people forget how good he, like, efficient he was at the beginning of the year. Like, he had mm-hmm. games where he averaged like ten yards per carry. Mm-hmm. Like, he was really good. He beat he beat out Demonte Trainum mm-hmm. for this RB two role. Like, I like I like Nagata as well. Um, I think so also I, Nagata has that receiving ability that could give him the upside yes. of like Rashad White because I don't think Valade has that. Valade has never really been much of a receiving back, and so I think if people are looking for Rashad White and Valade, you're barking up the wrong tree. Yes, agree with that. All right, anybody else you want to touch on before we hit round eight? Uh, I like Sakari Franklin. I think he's a good value here. Operating as wide receiver one. All righty, let's hit up round eight. And what people are going to notice here is that this this I had roster requirements for this draft because I didn't I wanted tight ends taken <laughs> at one point. So you'll see a lot of tight ends in these last two rounds. I don't imagine that'll be the case going forward. I, pe- I feel people will wait a little bit longer, but it gives us opportunity to talk about some of these tight ends here. Anyway, now that I got it that out of the way, let me talk about who was taken in round eight. First pick in round eight, Marvin Mims, wide receiver out of Oklahoma. Second pick, Benjamin Eurosek, tight end out of Stanford. Third pick, Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida. Fourth pick, Jalen Knighton, running back out of Miami. Fifth pick, Jaron Mangum, Running back out of South Florida. Sixth pick, Miles Price, wide receiver out of Texas Tech. Seventh pick, Sean Tyler, running back out of Western Michigan. Eighth pick, Zach Coots, Tyler, or Tyler, tight end out of Old Dominion. Ninth pick, Payne Durham, tight end out of Purdue. Tenth pick, Sam Laporta, tight end out of Iowa. Eleventh pick, John Rice Plumley, quarterback out of UCF. And the twelfth pick, Marshawn Ford, tight end out of Louisville. Chris, what do you think, sir? I like the tight ends that went this round. Um, I like Yurisek. I think he's a good player. I really like Zach Coons, though. I think Zach Coons mm-hmm. has like big time upside. He was really good this year. He finished as a top ten tight end at in Old Dominion, and like he was only a sophomore. Like, maybe he was a redshirt sophomore, but 
it was his first real role in like actually performing and he performed really well. Like I was, I don't mm-hmm. know. I was really impressed with, with Zach Kins this year. And I think he underperformed in the touchdown department. And so I think you could see a better year from him. So I'm really excited about him. I also like the Marshawn Ford pick because they are losing Jordan Watkins. I think Marshawn Ford could easily like operate as the number one option there for Malik Cunningham. I don't know who, I mean, maybe like one B option, but still mm-hmm. like, that's really what you need from a tight end. Oh, yeah. Um, I like the upside of John Reese Plumley. I have no idea if he's going to hit that upside, but I really like the idea of John Reese. <laughs> I like the John- idea of John Reese Plumley a lot more than maybe I like John Reese Plumley. I don't know, but I know do know he has upside. Same thing goes for Anthony Richardson, right? Like these are huge upside guys. Like, oh, yeah. If they hit, you have a quarterback one. So I'm a, I'm here for that, especially round eight. Like you need to take shots like that. Oh, absolutely. Especially the yeah this late this late into a draft. This is when you start taking your guys. You start taking the guys that you think have the highest upside. And I, I wrote down three names that I thought were good seals in this round. You've, you've hit all three of them. The only one I haven't really hit is Marvin Mims, which he was getting drafted way too high last year. Like he was like a guy that was being taken in the second beginning of the third round. And I was very vocal about the fact that I'm not taking Marvin Mims in any of my, any of my leagues, especially once we got closer to the season. I was like, there's too many targets. There's, there's too many weapons there. I, I, I was big that no Oklahoma wide receiver is going to finish top 24 now, granted, I didn't think that would happen because the offense would sputter. Uh, but I, I, to me, it was just obvious from the beginning that there's just too many guys there. That Marvin Mims, the last year, had a ton of deep shots. Like he wasn't get like he was on the field like a little over fifty percent of the time. Like he wasn't like a guy that was constantly out there. I think people were kind of thinking that once he got out there more, that it would just kind of increase. Didn't happen, but I think, you know, with Dylan Gabriel, with a Jeff Levy offense, if Marvin Mims is uh, the wide receiver one there, I think it's good value here in the eighth round, maybe. And then I also agree with you, Kuntz, this late, with the amount of targets that he got last year, was rivaled only by um, uh, Trey McBride, tight end out of Colorado State. I think that, that that's what you need to be looking for here when you're getting into this next year of tight ends. If I miss out on, honestly, if I miss out on Brock Bowers and Michael Meyer in a draft, like they go a little bit too early for me, Zach Koontz is probably going to be my next guy that I'm looking for. And I might be willing to take him in the seventh round to get ahead of this tight end run here in the eighth round, if that is where tight ends start going forward. Uh, And then I agree with you, John Rice Plumley. just the upside there is too much to back off from. So any more thoughts? round eight before we move on to the final round this is where jaheem bell should go in my opinion like jaheem bell should be in this tier and not rounds earlier and i expect in most drafts will probably end up there mm-hmm. but like i think i prefer zach coons over jaheem bell for example that's what i was thinking i was like if, if zach coons was taken in the six and jaheem bell is among these guys i think i would feel a little bit better about that yeah I, I think I agree. I, I think Coons would be maybe around too early at that point, but even still, like I, it would make more sense to me than uh, Jaheim Bell. So let's go ahead and hit up round nine, our final round here. First pick of round nine, Hassan Bedan, uh, wide receiver out of Eastern Michigan. Second pick, Ontario Brown, running back out of Northern Illinois. Third pick, Gavin Williams, running back out of Iowa. Fourth pick, Caden Prather, wide receiver out of West Virginia. Fifth pick, Marquez Cooper, running back out of Kent State. Sixth pick, Brant Cuthy, tight end out of Utah. 
Seventh pick, Gavin Bartholomew, tight end out of Pittsburgh. Eighth pick, Will Mallory, tight end out of Miami. Ninth pick, Phil Jerkovich, quarterback out of Boston College. Tenth pick, Joshua Simon, tight end out of Western Kentucky. Eleventh pick, Eric Gray, running back out of Oklahoma. And twelfth pick, Jonathan Mingo, wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Chris, what are your thoughts, sir? I like Marquez Cooper here. I think Kent State's probably going to feature a pretty heavy run attack mm-hmm. next year, and I, I think he's definitely going to be the guy that benefits the most from that. Um, I think the biggest reach here by far to, to me is Caden, Caden Prather. Like, I have no idea if he's going to be on, even on the field next year. Like, I have no idea what his role is. Like, I think he's an incredibly talented wide receiver, like four-star guy heading into West Virginia. Like, I know he got a lot of talk at, in, uh, in camp, but, you know, they did have, they did have a couple transfers. I just don't like, I like, that's a lot of projection mm. in, in my opinion for, for Prather. He, I think he's just going too early here. Um, I don't have a strong Gavin Bartholomew take, but I know like Austin who, who's a pit fan really loves him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, re- I'm really interested to see how that shakes out. Cause Keaton Slovis, can he support three options? Cause that's kind of what you're looking at. You're looking at Jordan Addison. Mm-hmm. You're looking at Kanata Mumfield and then you're looking at Gavin Bartholomew. So I don't know necessarily like what, what that breakdown looks like. That's just a tough sell for me. Um, I also really like the upside of Joshua Simon. I agree. Like if you're going to take a tight end here, like take the guy that has like, he, he played, I think one game last year and he scored like 25 points. Yeah. <laughs> like 20, 24 points or something like that. Like I still trust that offense. Like Zach Kitley's gone. Yeah. But it's still a good offense. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think the upside of him is higher than I think probably any, else in this round like i don't know who's who's throwing passes to hassan Beidou next year ben bryant transferred out mm-hmm. I, i'm guessing it's gonna be preston hutchinson i don't no, think preston he transferred. hutchinson transferred out too oh yeah he did He's so you chat I, I have no idea i have no idea who's throwing hassan Beidou passes next year mm-hmm. so i can't i don't know if i could take him here ontario brown i think is interesting though like jay ducker did transfer so it, it's a it's like the second or third run heaviest offense in the country outside of um service academies so yep I like it. Oh, I think that's absolutely fair. Caden uh, Prather, I agree with you. This is too high. This might have been somebody just kind of putting him out there to get people to start talking about him. Um, but I think if you really do believe in Prather that much, which is fine, like you're going to, you're going to have guys that you just believe in that nobody else does. Take advantage of that though. Wait several more rounds. Like let people not believe in them. And let your guys that you value very highly fall a couple more rounds. Now, again, that's just playing the ADP game. You're going to get burned sometimes because there will be that one person who's just like, yeah, I'm not willing to take him. Uh, but even so, to me, this guy, this round is kind of full of my guyisms, where like these are these are guys where you're really starting to just put out guys that you yourself might believe in more than really the consensus believes in. And this is where once we start gathering ADP and everything. Things start to kind of even out a little bit among a lot of these prospects because some of them are going to be taken around five in one draft. They might get taken in around 12 the next draft. Um, one other player I think is interesting to talk about here is that's Eric Gray, Oklahoma, running back out of Oklahoma. And just another piece of a Jeff Levy offense where the secret sauce of the Ole Miss offense last year, like everybody remembers Matt Corral, everybody remembers Dontario Drummond, guys like that. But really, the secret sauce of that offense was the run game. And like the fact that the run game was able to be so efficient. 
So if Eric Gray is that main guy, they really don't have anybody else there right now. Like, yeah, Marcus Major, like, ooh, whoop-de-doo. Gavin Sacha coming in as a freshman. Like, do we expect a freshman to take over that backfield immediately? Probably not over a guy like Eric Gray, who we've seen be utilized correctly in the past at Tennessee. I don't know. I think he's insane value here in the in the ninth round. What do you think? Yeah, that's pro- honestly, that's probably true. I don't know if Eric Gray's any good. I don't know if he's a good running back. He got like he had no role last year, basically. Mm-hmm. And so like, I just question whether or not Oklahoma like likes him. So maybe the new coaching staff is gonna want to get him on the field. Like you said, there's nobody else really. Mm-hmm. But so they I don't, brought in a transfer. I'm, no, I I mean who who else is gonna get touches, like you said, right? Like I don't I don't think it's major. I don't think Sawchuck yet. So yeah, I'm it makes sense. Like he has upside to get like 250, 300 touches. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't know if he's going to do anything with them, but at this point in the draft, you're not finding anybody that really, that has that seal touch ceiling. Yep. And so like, I don't, I, I don't hate it. I don't know if I personally could draft Eric Graham, but I understand the process behind it. And so I like the process that gets you there. Yep. I, I think that's absolutely fair. And with that, that ends the draft. We only did nine rounds because again, it's way too early. People have not gotten their rankings developed that far down. Much further, once we get further into the offseason, we'll be doing full drafts with 16 plus rounds so that people can get a better idea of what their benches could start to look at. Basically, the idea for this draft was let's get a starting lineup put together for everybody so that people can kind of get an idea of what they can expect their starting lineups to kind of look like going into the year. We'll get we'll take care of bench players later. So, Chris, before we finish out here, I do want to ask you a couple of questions, like just kind of overall about the draft, uh, your thought processes on it. Any kind of real surprises that kind of stuck out to you in this draft? I am surprised that Titus Swen didn't get drafted. Okay. Um. I would have, t- I will probably be taking him in round like eight or okay. earlier if I have to. There's nobody else there. And Wyoming leans on one guy really heavy and he looks really good doing it. And so he's a guy that I think has like a valid a ceiling mm-hmm. next year. So he, he's a guy I'm surprised didn't get drafted that I think I, I would have probably taken. Um, there's a, I mean, there were, there's a couple guys like that. I think. You can make a uh, case for Chase Brown out of Illinois too. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's going to be interesting. They do have McCrary, so he might eat into the workload a little bit. But that was surprising. I'm also a little bit surprised that we didn't see um, like a couple other quarterbacks get drafted. Although I don't really know. Like I like Seth Hennigan. Like I think I would take Seth Hennigan in the top ten. I think or ten, 10 rounds. I think okay. I would take. Yeah, I should phrase that. I think Devin Leary, Leary has really nice upside too. Like those are guys that I think I would take. Um, I'm surprised Will Levis didn't go, but I'm not sure I'm the one taking Will Levis. So. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's fair. I can't really can't really knock anybody for that. And then, um, I don't. I'm surprised we didn't get another shot and maybe it like makes sense on like whoever the Utah state wide receiver one is going to be hmm. like that's a really valuable role and, I agree. and so I was a little surprised we didn't see anybody take a shot there I agree with you 100% I actually mentioned this in like again please go watch the other video for this where each participant in the draft kind of breaks down their team talks about what they thought of the draft and everything it's an incredible video y'all are gonna love it um 
But that's one thing I brought up in my section where I was surprised that there was nobody uh, from the Utah State wide receiver room that was taken. Mississippi State, nobody, like, again, we all agree that, like, Mike Leach's offense is great, but nobody took a shot on who that number one wide receiver in Mississippi State could be this year. I was a little surprised there. Um, trying to think of anything else that kind of really surprised me. Um, and I agree with you on Devin Leary. Again, he finished his QB 20 last year, but he was consistent as hell last year, just down the stretch. Like, he, yeah, one, another one of these guys, kind of like Aiden O'Connell, where it's like, probably not going to get you a top 12 finish uh, on a weekly basis, but they're going to probably get you in that top 24. And that's what you want out of your guys each and every single week because you, you you play a guy like Leary and then you put in another guy like maybe John Rice Plumley, who you're not entirely sure about. And you got a you got a high upside guy, and then you got a consistent guy, so you can kind of balance things out if things don't go well for you on your boom or bust guy. Another thing I'll ask you, Chris, um, based on what you see here today, what would be your strategy going forward in these drafts? Like, what positions would you target? What what kind of players are you, would you be looking for? I will be someone drafting one of the top two tight ends this year. If they're going to stay around for, uh, you mm-hmm. brought that up earlier. Like the advantage that you get of having one of these top tight ends, like really matters. Like th- there is not a lot of collegiate producers. Like it's hard to rank 30 tight ends each week. And mm-hmm. if you can get t- one of the top two, and that's Brock Bowers or Michael Mayer, I think you're in a really good position. I think I'm also targeting like ambiguous wide receiver situations. Mm-hmm. And I think like, an example of that is I brought him up earlier, like Lambert Smith. I think I would draft him over at least over Mitchell Tinsley, probably not over Parker Washington, but yeah, that's a really like, that's a great arbitrage on, on Washington. Cause he was really involved last year too. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to take shots um, on a Mississippi state guy. I want to take shots on Alabama guy. Um, I want to take, I want to, I want the wide receiver for Cameron Ward. For example, like I want Dijon Stribling and mm-hmm. we like, it's somewhat ambiguous. Like those are situations that I'm targeting. And then I'm probably trying to get a really strong running back round one or two. Okay. And then like, I think there's a lot of running back value later that, that like fell like Titus one's a great example. Mm-hmm. Eric Gray has that same upside. Right. So I will between the first probably three or four rounds, I will have a, tight end i will have i will probably go running back round one and then you know between there like i'll probably try to get a, like a at perry if at perry is going to go to 11 like oh, yeah. i love that i agree and i think i can get a really good wide receiver if you go like deuce vaughn early first at perry second and then i i mean i would be willing to reach on um one of the tight ends if i absolutely had to to get him in round three like i, I don't mind doing that because I just think there's such an advantage there. So like, there's a lot of value that's falling. I, I, I agree with you. <laughs> Sorry, Mike, I'm fostering a cat and uh, she has decided <laughs> to be uh, very, very cuddly today. And today's actually the first time she's ever hopped up into my lap for while I'm trying Aww. to work. So uh, Maxine, come here. Everybody say hello to Maxine. She's so cute. Oh, she's adorable. Um, so yeah, again, I agree. I agree with you mostly on that. And again, so much is going to change from here and now, but I think this is going to be very valuable for people to just kind of give them a starting point of what guys who spend probably way too much time thinking about this kind of stuff are thinking. 
this early in the season, and it gives people who, like, you know, have these things called lives, and they gives them an opportunity to just kind of give a basic look and be like, alrighty, experts are thinking, like, hey, uh, might check this guy out, um, or they're thinking, like, oh, this guy who I thought would be valued very highly suddenly is, like, a eighth-round guy all of a sudden. So it lets you kind of know, like, what, where people are thinking, and y'all know me, if you saw me last year, I do so many of these mock drafts. So you will have all the opportunity to either participate or you'll have plenty of opportunity to see plenty of people do it. But even still, that kind of brings us to the end of our show, y'all. I really appreciate you, Chris, for coming on here and reacting live to the results of this draft. I hope you found it very interesting and I hope um, everybody listening found it interesting hearing somebody just kind of react just like you uh, to what's going on. And even still, before we head out of here, just want to remind y'all, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, comment right down there below. Like I said, there's plenty to talk about with this draft. I want to hear each and every one of y'all's thoughts. In addition, if you're watching or if you're listening on podcasts, it, whether Apple Podcasts or Spotify or really wherever your podcasts are found, uh, please make sure you leave any kind of reviews there or make sure you're just following us on those platforms. And finally, I think that pretty much covers it. Again, we got so much exciting news for y'all. And by the time next week, I'll be ready to make the on this show the official announcement of what the next big move for Chasing the Natty will be. Very excited to share that with y'all. Chris, anything you want to say before we head out of here? No, I'm just I was I'm excited to uh to walk through the draft. The first the first mock of the offseason is always a uh a nice starting point. So I'm um, I'm glad to be here and I was happy to to hop on. Yeah. Again, Chris, you're a great guy, and I'm, I would love having you on in the future. Anytime you want to talk about a subject, just hit me up, and we'll see where we can find it. we got a long off-season ahead of us, and we got plenty of time to fit in all sorts of different subjects. But even still, for all of y'all listening at home, for Chris, for myself, all of y'all have a wonderful and blessed day.